Hey guys, welcome to the fourth installment of ETB Building Blocks. Today we are going to talk about supplements, what you really need to know, um, especially for your training goals, and then also for your wallet. So as you can see, I have Ed, myself, Amber, and Dr. Brad here today. So first of all, just a little bit of an introduction. I'm Susie Glassman. I have been with Eat to Perform since 2015. And I wanna say my most favorite thing about coaching is just um, seeing you guys incorporate food in a healthy way to achieve your goals and um, really get moving again. So Ed, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Coach Ed, and I've been with Eat to Perform for about a, uh, almost a year now, coming up on a year. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science, and I have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and feel more confident in their own skin. That's a little bit about myself. Cool. Amber, your turn. Hey, guys. Amber here. I, uh, gosh, have been with Eat to Perform for a hot minute, but a coach since last year. I own my own affiliate, so uh, that keeps me busy too. And just like Susie, love coaching you guys. I think my favorite thing is getting to know people in their journals. So when you write comments, I love reading about your days, victories, things that are happening to get to know you guys. Susie? Awesome. And then last but not least, probably the man who needs very little introduction, but tell us about yourself, Dr. Brad. Yes. Uh, I've been with Eat to Perform since 2015. It feels like it's been a lot longer than that. So much has happened. Uh, probably my favorite thing is, you know, we get to solve some of the biggest problems there are, um, and we get to do it in a way that's so much better than anything else out there. And, you know, we get we get to do the things where we get to go really deep with people in their lives, and then we also get to help a lot of people. Um, so it's been really cool to watch all of the changes and, and all of the people who've come through and all the lives that have been changed. So that's probably my favorite part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to go through a little bit about today's agenda, if you haven't joined before, uh, this is what you can expect. So on the next slide, we will turn it over to you guys. You can't talk, but you can type in the question section some comments. So what we like to do is celebrate non-scale victories, even scale victories, if you want to include that, that have happened over the last week. Um, Building Blocks is not just about pouring out information to you guys. We want to have an interactive conversation and really build a community here. So uh, we would love it if you would contribute. Amber even has a special prize again for those mm -hmm. who are contributing. Then, yeah, of course, the topic of the week. So the reason we're talking about supplements today is one of those things that comes up in reviews a lot. Um, there's just a lot of confusion if you need them, if you don't need them, and then, you know, what exactly do they do and that sort of thing. The past few weeks, we have talked about micronutrition. We've talked about training. We've talked about sleep and recovery. So I think this is just kind of one more piece to the overall picture. And then last but not least, we will handle some questions and we try to keep this podcast right about to 30 minutes. If we get to 30 minutes and then we still have Q&A, that's fine. You know, we're not going to just cut everybody off. So hopefully you can stick around, um, you know, ask what you want. Luckily, we have Dr. Brad here who is um, who knows a ton about the subject. So definitely stick around. Oh, excuse me. So what's new with you? This is the section where we like to talk about achievements. And to get the ball rolling, we usually start with, with ones that we have to give you some time to type them in to the bottom. But um, my, I wanna say achievement for this week is that I've started adding in more water to my diet. Um, I didn't realize probably how little I was drinking until I started on Monday adding in, I drink about like three to four of these now. And um, believe it or not, it has made a difference uh, in how I feel working out and then, you know, also, also on the scale. So 
Ed, what about you? So I started doing guided meditation again. I got away from that for a while, but sometimes I would get anxious. You guys know I talk to Susie and Amber pretty frequently. So I needed to start to calm down again, and that really helps me. So I guess that would be my achievement. Do you use an app for that, or what do you, how do you do that? Yeah, so I use Headspace. Headspace. And cool. I like it a lot, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amber. Um, I, gosh, I didn't start with the intention of doing more water like what you had, but after you were telling us about it, I've really been mindful of how much I'm taking in and really made an effort to do that. I drink a lot of coffee. Well, not a lot, but I mean, I drink a couple of cups of coffee and I like LaCroix, but actually filling up a water bottle and having it near me, um, helps me be more conscious of it. So I'm really working. I don't know that I'm taking in as much water as Susie, but <laughs> the effort is there. How about that? We'll, we'll count the effort that I'm trying to take in more water. Susie? Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right. We have a couple ones rolling in. I'm going to let Brad tell us his, and then Amber will read these off. And then um, just as a reminder, there's a pretty good prize. So you, I assure you, that it will pay off if you are participating. All right, Brad, what you got? Uh, first, I want to make sure that my name's put in the drawing for the prize since I have oh. never won a need to perform <laughs> prize ever. Um, let's see, my achievement is I had some research get accepted. I submitted it, uh, and I get to go to a pretty big meeting with uh, some of the top scientists in the country over Cinco de Mayo weekend and uh, hang out at the NIH with them. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right, Amber, you want to start reading some of these off? Oh, my gosh. So, Danielle, today is her first official day at Eat to Perform. So, welcome. We're excited to have you. Super cool. Um, let's see. Deanna got a clean and jerk PR in fat loss. Woo woo. That's cool. Um, let's see. Oh, Andrea started journaling again to help be more mindful in life in general. I love that. Having some feedback or being thoughtful and processing that. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Vicki Snook, the Vicki Snook, is started working out again now that, now that she's getting out of fat loss and getting a little more food. So I bet you're feeling some more energy. Uh, let's see. Let's do just a couple more, Susie. So um oh amanda smith completed everything hurts this past week oh my gosh i bet you've seen some amazing changes hopefully you took some before pictures so that you can compare because Amer everything hurts man that is a fantastic training template oh ramona is tracking her water and drinking at least a gallon a day this week so another person just like susie and i tracking some water Great job, Ramona, being mindful of that. Love to hear all these accomplishments, so keep posting them, guys, because my prize is pretty stinking cool, I'll tell you. So <laughs> keep posting those. I'll keep looking at them as we keep going. Susie, back to you. All right, perfect. All right, so let's dive into the topic today. We are going to start with those ones that are considered performance enhancing. So for this one, I'm going to turn it over to Ed. All right, guys, so a few of these we get a lot of questions on uh, in the reviews or just in the members page. So let's start with one of the most common ones and probably the most effective one, and that's creatine. So there's many different forms of creatine. All seem to be very effective. The most studied one is creatine monohydrate. So it seems to be effective and seems to be safe um, I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on the internet, so I cannot guarantee that you're not going to see side effects, but from all the studies, it shows that short-term and long-term, it seems to be safe. So you don't need to cycle on or off it, you could take it every day if you want to, it's completely fine. Um, so what should you expect when you take uh, creatine? So you should see an increase in maybe when you're lifting weights by one or two reps. 
Um, maybe you'll be a step or two faster if you're doing sprints. And you could potentially see even a 15% increase in your maximal strength or power. So that's massive. Um, so also, a lot of people think that they're going to get bloated when they take creatine, and that's not really the case. The only thing that's going to get bloated is your muscles. So um, when you consume creatine, uh, you're really increasing your intracellular water retention. And all that means is that your muscle is holding on to more water. So um, that's, that's a good thing. That's going to help you increase your performance. So even if it's an off day, you can still take it because 95% of the creatine is stored in your muscles. Otherwise, it's just going to be excreted out. So um, also, a lot of people might try to load their creatine. And what that means is just take multiple servings. One serving is five grams, and that's really all you need. Um, but some people will try to do two to four servings and to really maximize, like to satur saturate their muscles. Um, but it's really unnecessary for most people. And the study suggests that it's more of a waste of money and time. So um, you can only, because you can only absorb so much in a specific period of time. Um, and it seems to be safe for about, uh, well, not safe, sorry guys. <laughs> it seems to be safe, um, effective for at least 70% of the people who take it. So, and you could also get creatine through taking it through supplement, uh, through taking it. <laughs> wow, sorry guys. Um, by consuming food, you uh, can get creatine in too. So through steak or beef or something like that. Um, okay, the next one is caffeine. And so almost all pre-workouts contain caffeine and that's not an accident. Moderate amounts of caffeine have been found to increase your endurance, alertness, cognitive function, and could even decrease the rate of perceived exertion, which just means how easy an exercise is. So it seems to be effective for long distance sports or running or whatever. So um, if you're looking for, if you're a runner, it's probably a good idea to have some caffeine before a workout. So research also says that if you take caffeine, it's better to take it in a pill form as opposed to drinking it, but that's really not necessary. You can still definitely get in a great workout and see great results by just drinking a strong cup of coffee. Um, something that's really cool is that caffeine can really help accelerate your glycogen resynthesis, which just means that it's helping glucose go back into the muscle and at a quicker rate uh, by up to 70%, which is really cool and could really help with recovery. But if you're working out at night and you have caffeine, it could really mess up your sleep. So it's probably not the best idea to do that, especially if you work out at night and you're only getting five hours of sleep. All right, next one would be pre-workouts and BCAAs. So as I just mentioned, caffeine is found in most pre-workouts, unless it's a non-stim or a non-stimulant uh, pre-workout. It often also contains beta-alanine. Beta-alanine is, um, if you ever took a pre-workout, it's that thing that makes you really uh, tingly. So if you get the jitters and stuff like that, that's from beta-alanine. And it also contains BCAAs sometimes. So BCAAs are just branched chain amino acids. And from the research that I saw, it seems that it's not super effective and it's more of a waste of money. They suggest that it is good to help retain muscle uh, while you're in fat loss or if you're in a caloric deficit. But the research is just isn't that strong for for BCAAs from what I've come across. Um, Brad, if you have anything, what are your thoughts on BCAAs? Yeah, so there's there's no evidence to suggest that they are more beneficial than like a whey protein. Um, mm -hmm. If you're taking them in a fasted state, 
they may have some sort of anti-catabolic effect, but then you're really not fasting, you're consuming calories and you know. It's really not gonna make a big difference, but it's also not gonna really harm you. It's just, it's more of a kind of net neutral than anything. Okay, okay, cool. Um, that's what I thought too, okay. So, yeah, the ne okay, so the next one on my list is beta alanine. This is also something um, that I just, we just talked about a little bit, uh, the pre-workout. It seems to be um, ineffective as well from the research that I saw. We could definitely refer to Brad after I finish up this slide, see what his thoughts are, but the idea of it is to reduce the overall fatigue associated with working out. It's supposed to help improve your anaerobic activity, which is doing sprints, or maybe it's doing something for lower reps, like uh, training with lower reps. And it may even potentially increase your overall potential for a workload, so you're able to do more during your uh, training. But most of the time, in, especially in pre-workouts, there's not enough beta-alanine in the supplement so to even yield those effects. So I don't think it's super beneficial. Like I said, after I finish up this slide, we can go back to what Brad thinks about this, but we'll just go on to the next one. So the next one is protein powder. And you certainly don't need protein powder to build muscle. It's just an easy and convenient way uh, to get in your protein. So if you're at maybe 150 grams of protein or less, you probably don't have a problem getting in the protein through food but some people still do. So it's something that you may wanna consider uh, to take because it's super easy um, to, to make, it's super convenient, it's super, it, it's very easily digestible in most cases. So there's the most popular ones like whey and casein protein. You can also um, like pea or, um, chia or, or pea or um, rice protein powders. So I actually take a plant-based protein and it is called Vivo Life Perform. I really like it. It's all organic and certified. They test for heavy metals and all that stuff to make sure that it's safe. Um, but if you want to just get a whey or a casein, you could do Optimum Nutrition. They're a very reputable brand and uh, they all have very high uh, ratings. So that seems to be a good choice. And then lastly, it would be the last one that I want to touch on is carb supplements. So the number one carb supplement out there, I don't even think there's a close second, it would be Vitargo. Vitargo is a little bit more expensive, but one serving size is 70 grams of carbs. And so if you just cut the serving size in half or into one fourth of the serving, you can you know, make it four times the servings that that it says. So the reason why Vitargo is so good is that there's no sodium and there's no sugar. It's super easily digestible and it gives you a lot of great energy in the gym. You can also go to a cheap, a cheaper route like Cytocarb or Carbolin to get in your uh, carbohydrates during a workout. Um, and it's just an easy way to get in carbs. So if you're in performance recomp and you're in maybe the 400 or 500 carb club, it might be hard for you to get in your carbs. So that's just an option to go uh, to go with. So Brad, do you have anything to uh, say about beta alanine or anything else on this slide? Yeah. So you know the reason we take beta alanine is actually because it's the precursor molecule to carnosine. Um, and in your muscles, it kind of acts like a, a sponge for hydrogen ions. So when you when you guys are working out and you know you kind of get that fatigue in your muscles, part of that fatigue is from hydrogen ion accumulation. And so when you take beta alanine, you have more um, carnosine, you actually can basically hold more hydrogen ions in your muscles before you start to fatigue. So that's kind of the way that works. And the best way to do it is, Kind of take it very similar to creatine, just five grams a day. Um, and you can take it, you know, as just beta alanine. You don't have to have it as part of a pre-workout. 
So when I take it, I just have straight beta alanine powder that I just mix in with creatine and it's the same thing. Okay. Do you guys have anything to add, Amber or Susie? No, I think that's good. I think um, I think all of these in, in one way or another can be beneficial or helpful in not only in adding muscle or getting through your workout, um, the protein powder and the carbohydrate drinks can help you meet your macros for the day. So on this slide, I think if you have the ability to purchase some of these things, um, maybe the BCAs or iffy, um, you don't have to take pre-workout. Honestly, caffeine is my pre-workout. I have coffee before I work out. Um, you know, I think that these can help you. Um, but at the same time, you know, if if your pocketbook says, I'm just going to get creatine and go with uh, a little bit of protein powder from Costco, I think that's perfect too. So Amber, anything? Nope. I thought you guys did great. Okay, cool. Well, this one, just um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some dietary supplements that you can take. And I'm going to let Amber go over these, but we'll also get some feedback from the group too. All right, guys. So talking about dietary supplements, let me throw out there before we cover this that adding in these dietary supplements won't make up for poor eating habits. So we encourage you to eat whole foods above and beyond, but sometimes you're traveling or there's an issue or something comes up and you've got to have, you know, kind of a plan B. So let's talk about a plan B for a couple of these things. Greens seems to be really big right now. These green drinks that literally are green and that you can go buy. And why would you want to purchase or supplement with that? Maybe you're traveling and you can't, you know, eat a salad and drive. I've tried it, it's, it doesn't work. So you might need to drink your greens. This would be an option. A drawback to doing this is they can get kind of expensive with purchasing these very specific drinks in a, in a whole foods mark. But it's a great way to get in your micronutrients in a really convenient way. Uh, I know Susie doesn't have a green drink that she she typically uses. Ed adds some greens to his shakes. Brad, do you have a favorite green drink or do you use one? Brad? Do I? Uh, I thought you said Ed. I do not. I'm actually super bad about getting getting greens in. I usually will throw like spinach in a smoothie um, and I eat, you know, probably I eat a salad probably once a day, but I probably don't get as many greens in as in my life as I probably should. Uh, well, here's your solution. Get you a green drink. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I know I need, to, I need to get some of the, the, the greens powder and just put them in my smoothies. Yeah. We've got that amazing grass or even Costco. When I go shopping, I'll see it in their little, you know, um, drink section. They've got a bag of powdered greens that you can buy. So easy way to supplement and put that in your protein shake. All right, fiber. So we talk an awful lot about fiber in our reviews and whether or not you're going or not going. So if that's an issue, Benefiber and Metamucil can help you go if that is a need. Again, if you are eating whole foods, you're eating fruits and vegetables, it should all naturally occur. But if something is gone awry, then another option would be to have Benefiber or Metamucil. Any thoughts on that, Susie or Ed? No, I think that's good. Yeah, that's fine. Fish oil. So uh, fish oil, we get a lot of questions about that, and it can help with inflammation uh, with working out. But I want you to think about um, omega-3s and omega-6s for um, fats. We get a ton of omega-6s in our diet for a variety of reasons that I don't know that anybody wants us to geek out on. But we get a ton of it in our diet, and there has to be a ratio of 6 to 3s. So let me pause, put a pause on that for a second. I want you to think about your cereal. So you pour a bowl of cereal in the morning and you add milk. There's a certain ratio of cereal to milk, right? 
You don't want a whole lot of milk. You don't want a whole, you know, not enough cereal, that kind of thing. There has to be the right kind of ratio with your cereal and milk, or it's a total mess, right? Same thing with your um, fats. So with that, we've got a ton of sixes. So it's like we got a lot of cereal, and our diet typically doesn't have a lot of threes, so we don't have much milk. I don't know about you, but that's not how I want my cereal. So we need to balance that out. So a great way to balance that out is to have some fish oil. So how much fish oil do you want to have? Well, the average person can take one to two grams of fish oil daily. Now there's a variety of kinds and um, I'll let Brad, Susie and Ed touch on um, if they take it and the brand that they take um, and suggestions. But is it necessary to take fish oil? No, is it a great way to get some healthy fats into your diet that reduce inflammation? Absolutely. So, Dr. Brad, do you want to give us some thoughts on fish oil? Brad. <laughs> yes. Sorry, it just keeps freezing on me. Um, so there's actually quite a few things to think about, and I'll try to go through them in some sort of a hierarchy is the best way to get your fish oil is from getting fish. Um, and I would say make that your first priority. And then if it comes down to supplementing with it, if you're not buying a really high quality one, don't take it at all. Um, the really low quality ones, they don't, they don't do anything really beneficial. Um, and there is some evidence that's coming out that if you're taking kind of low dose, not really high quality fish oils, you may actually be doing some potential harm. Um, you know, especially if you have, you know, like, pre-existing cardiovascular disease, et cetera. So if you are taking fish oil, you know, make sure you're spending a little bit more to get the good stuff. Um, what you really want to look for in those is look on the, the bottles and make sure that you're, there's basically two forms of fish oil that you want to look for, EPA and DHA, and make sure those are above 500 milligrams um, per serving. So the normal idea is about 1,000, milligrams of EPA and 500 to 1,000 of DHA are kind of good rough guidelines to look for when you're looking for them. Um, make sure they are, you know, cold filtered because uh, that way they're not broken down. Make sure they are not in a transparent bottle. Uh, make sure it's in like an opaque bottle that you keep them somewhere where the sun's not breaking them down because these are fatty acids that are very sensitive to light. So make sure those are the kind of things that you're thinking about when you're buying and using and storing a fish oil. Cool. Awesome. So next on our list is about potassium. A potassium supplement isn't needed unless you are doing some strenuous work outside for a long period of time in extreme weather conditions where it's crazy hot. Um, typically, your doctor would prescribe a potassium supplement, but we get enough in our diet eating whole foods that that isn't necessary. If you are in that extreme condition, you are you know, doing a triathlon, you are riding a bike in New Mexico outside, you know, it, I don't know, in August, then it's crazy hot. You can replenish your potassium and sodium that's lost in sweating with just a sports drink. So you can get Pedialyte, you can get um, any kind of sport drink that will give you some of that salt and um, electrolytes back. Ed, do you have anything on potassium? No, I think you covered it. I know First Form makes a really good uh, potassium and sodium oh, electrolyte drink, but um, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. We can post it in the link if, if it comes to you. Multivitamins. So again, if you are eating a diet of whole foods, you do not need a multivitamin. All that does is create some really expensive pee. So if you are deficient though in some area, then a multivitamin can help you. Again, it would have the potassium, it would have some of the other micronutrients we talked about in the last building blocks in there that can help you. Susie, any thoughts on a multivitamin? Yeah, I think the multivitamin is similar to the fish oil. Look for the high quality if you're going to take one. Um, I personally do take one, but it is expensive and 
it is one that you do not buy at the grocery store. And I'm not saying there's there's anything wrong with your Centrum multivitamins. I'm just saying that I think um, along with what Brad was saying about the fish oil, making sure that it's a high quality, um, possibly like a pharmaceutical grade multivitamin. Um, otherwise, you you probably are just wasting some money, you know, buying your everyday run of the mill multivitamin. Is that what you think, Brad? Yeah. I mean, the only reason you are going to be supplementing with a multivitamin is if your diet quality is pretty low. Um, and in those cases, you know, it makes sense for those short periods when you're doing that to, to use something that's actually getting you what you need. Right. Yeah. Thanks. All right. And last but not least, we can uh, hit on probiotics for a second. Sure. Probiotics are about good gut health. So uh, it's your, you can find it in yogurt, um, kombucha, kombucha, not, I don't know that I know how to say that, but <laughs> anyways, all those drinks that are out there, I know, I just kind of point at it so that I don't have to say the word and like sound like an idiot, but um, all those are out there and an option for a probiotic. Why would you need a probiotic? Well, if the balance is off with your gut health. Some things that can throw that balance off would be if you are taking an antibiotic, um, if you've been sick and had diarrhea, if, if you um, maybe have IBS there, you could take one, um, take a probiotic. They are super accessible over the counter. You can get them at the grocery store. Um, but probiotics aren't necessary for the average everyday person if you are eating again whole foods brad yeah you know there's the way i view probiotics is they should normally be used as like a an intervention thing right you don't need to be taking probiotics every day use them like after you've taken antibiotics if you've had a colonoscopy if you've been really sick you know uh, if you've been diagnosed with some sort of, you know, change in microbiome, um, they really should be used more as things like that than they should, you know, as just like standard everyday supplements. Like you really don't need to be taking probiotics every day. Um, they should be kind of targeted, almost therapies in specific situations. Right. I completely agree with that. Um, are you good, Amber? Yeah, again, these are just supplements. We encourage you to eat whole foods every day at all meals. And these are just like it, like Brad was saying, um, those rare cases that you might need something. Susie? Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for that. And again, we'll take questions at the end if you have any questions over what we've gone over. But now I want to go into what I call the GNC effect. So um, you walk into a store like GNC and, and maybe the sales clerk is trying to sell you on something you've never heard of or, um, you know, tell you this is going to get you those gains you're looking for. So for this, I'm excited to have Brad because I think he can really nail down the yes, no, or maybe I've listed some of the most common ones. If you have a question about one that's not on here, feel free to ask um, when we get through it. But Brad, what can you tell us about some of the ones on this list? Yeah. So first of all, whenever I walk into GNC, it's always the most awkward experience in the world because they <laughs> try to tell me all this stuff and I'm just like, I, I, I don't want to deal with this. So it's always really awkward. Um, but I'll just kind of burn through these real quick. So collagen, um, collagen is one of those ones that's interesting because there are some potential benefits to it. Um, and it has to do with how much glycine is in collagen. So I would say most people right now don't need to be taking collagen. Uh, but it's something to think about once you've kind of got everything else in your diet, you know, taken care of, um, you're eating really well, you're training really hard, sleep styled in, and then you're starting to think a little bit more about long-term health. Once you've got all those things kind of dialed in, collagen for some people um, might make some sense. So that's kind of falls in the maybe. Um, fat burners, definitely a no. None of them work. The ones that do are um, very... I will say aggressive and have a lot of side effects and are typically regulated by prescriptions. So anything you find in GNC, um, that's, you know, a, a fat burner, things like, um, synephrine, raspberry ketones, anything like that, none of it works. So you're uh, kind of just throwing money down the toilet. 
Um, energy drinks, like Ed said, if they had caffeine, you know, you're going to get some energy from that. If they've got B12, sometimes some people respond well to B12. Um, so those kind of fall in the, the maybe category, but they're also not something you should be consuming every day, right? They're like, you know, maybe you you have to get through something, so you're using it as kind of a bridge supplement. Um, appetite control, in terms of what those can be, some of them can work, uh, a lot of them don't, and think about why you're using them um, and, and what's the context. So I would say for 90%, 90, 98% of cases, appetite control supplements probably are not a good idea. In um, 2% of scenarios, they, they might be. Um, CLA, which is conjugated linoleic acid, is a supplement that's kind of been sold as a, a fat-burning supplement. Uh, there's real no benefit on weight loss or fat loss with CLA supplementation. Um, there's some evidence that it's got some immunomodulatory properties in people who have some basically like immunological bowel issues going on, uh, but that's still really not well studied. So I would say 99% of people probably don't need to take CLA. Apple cider vinegar, you know, in some people who have glycemic control issues, um, you know, people with like prediabetes or diabetes, there's a very small body of evidence to suggest that there may be a very minor benefit. Um, but other than that, it's not really going to do much for most people. If you do have, you know, if you have glycemic control issues, think about it like apple cider vinegar is going to give you this much of an effect and all your other choices are going to give you this much of an effect. So once you've got all these things taken care of, and then you're trying to, you know, really maximize things, then it might make sense. Uh, turmeric and curcumin are essentially the same. So turmeric is the spice, curcumin is the active ingredient. Readily uh, absorbed and digested if you take it with like black pepper. Um, for some reason, just the the way it interacts with your gut. When you take those together, you get more absorption. The effects of that are fairly systematic, um, but they're fairly small. They appear to be a little bit less effective than like non-steroidal, so like aspirin, Advil, um, those kind of things. Valerian root is, is a known sleep aid. Uh, so a lot of people with insomnia, it does work. It's one of those things that before you start taking it, you know, make sure you talk with a physician, understand how it interacts with things because it is a, a fairly bioactive compound. It can compete with other medications you're taking. So it's very similar to, you know, when you go into surgery, if you're taking things like uh, St. John's wort, ginkgo biloba, they have you stop those things because of some of their, their effects. So make sure you talk to a physician before you just start, um, you know, drinking a ton of valerian root. And then testosterone support. Outside of like clinical testosterone replacement replacement therapy, none of the over-the-counter um, supplements really do anything for testosterone support. So those are those are definitely a, a no, and you're pretty much throwing money down the drain. Cool. All right. Thanks for that. We've gone through that list. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I know um, valerian root can be in tea sometimes. So um, like those sleep calm teas you can buy at the grocery store. So I, I think that's good that Brad said, if you are drinking that tea, don't forget if you're to tell, you know, when your doctor asks what supplements you're taking, just, just don't forget about that one. So um, very cool. Okay. So usually at this point in the program, we, we talk about tips for the coming week. I'm going to skip that. I don't know that I have some real tips about supplements. Um, there's a reason why supplements came a little further down the line in this series because I think when you have your training and you have your sleep and you have your micronutrition all um, all in alignment then supplements is just like that last little thing that you might think about adding but obviously the, the first three are going to be the most important and then the supplements can kind of be that that thing that maybe gets you like five percent more right so we are going to go ahead and go into question time. I know we have run a bit long. If you have to pop off, that's fine. Um, stick around and ask questions, though, uh, while we've got Brad here. 
and I am going to let Amber read off the questions, but just as a personal note, you guys can't see what's typed. Um, there's no way for me to like make the questions come up on the screen. It's a feature of GoToWebinar. So Amber's going to read them, um, and then one of us will kind of take charge of answering it. But handing it over to you, Amber. Awesome. We've got just a couple of them. So Tim asked, what is the optimal time to take creatine? Is it pre or post workout? Ed, can you help me answer that? I think the best time to take it is right after a workout and take it with some form of create, uh, caf um, carbohydrate. Um, as I mentioned to you, if you take it with caffeine, I think that could help with the absorption of it into your muscle at a quicker time. But I would like to hear what Brad says, though, about it, too. I take it after, though. I think that's the most effective time. Yeah, so there's the way I think about it is, you know, creatine works by, like, a total accumulation effect. So the timing is a lot less important than how much you're taking and how consistently you're taking it. So if you're taking, like, five grams every other day and you're taking it after your workout, that's going to be a lot less effective than taking five grams every day, regardless of when you work out. Um, you do get a little bit, like Ed said, you do get a little bit better absorption into muscle tissue of the creatine you do take if you take it post-workout with some sort of food. So if you're like trying to really optimize it and you're taking it every day, you know, it's probably a little bit more beneficial to take it post-workout with some sort of food. Fantastic. All right, what about um, supplements like beet powders and does that help with endurance Sports. Brad? Yeah, so uh, nitric oxide supplements are kind of a little bit newer in the research world, and there's a lot of promising evidence coming out to show that there may be a small but measurable benefit from them in endurance sports. Part of the issue with the research is the exact type of nitric oxide supplement they give across the studies is very different. The dosing is very different. Uh, the type of exercise in the studies is also very different. And there also appears to be an effect with um, your, your microbiome, and especially on your, in your mouth of, you know, if you use mouthwash, it appears to reduce the efficacy of it. Um, so it's one of those things that as we start to do better research, exactly how beneficial it is and how you take it will come out. Uh, and the supplements haven't been optimized yet, but I would say in probably five to 10 years, that's something you'll probably see more commercially available, um, in the endurance world space. Interesting. All right. Um, Claudia asks, uh, can probiotics help with asthma? I've been told that this is true. Is it? Yes or no? Um, Brad, I'm going to let you handle that one. You're going to throw me under the bus. Because uh, right. <laughs> when, so I, when are... I was doing some research on it, there wasn't anything that uh, said it's kind of iffy. There wasn't anything that said, yes, it officially helps that. So, yeah, so I can... I'll, I'll kind of break down what we do know and what we don't know. Uh, so we, it's becoming more apparent that there is a kind of crosstalk between your microbiome and things like asthma and other autoimmune diseases. That being said, we don't really understand exactly how changes to your microbiome do affect autoimmunity, and we also don't really understand how probiotics affect microbiome. So. Could they potentially help with asthma? Likely, um, but we don't know exactly what probiotics and we don't know exactly how. So I would say right now, if you were to go in and even buy a high quality probiotic off the shelf, the likelihood that it's gonna help your asthma is incredibly small. Yeah. Sorry, Claudia. All right, melatonin. We talked about melatonin last building blocks with sleep, but um, Dina has a question on whether or not it's safe to take long term. So Susie, can you help me answer that? I have taken it for quite some time. I do know that melatonin is one of those things that your body can get used to. And so you may not feel as great of an effect over time. 
So um, I think the safety profile of it is fine, um, but it's a question of, do you have to take more to get the same effect? So Paul had mentioned having periods where you cycle on, cycle off. Um, I don't know if you know more about the safety profile of it, Brad, what do you think? From a safety perspective, you can take moderate doses uh, for a pretty long time, and there's real, there's no real direct safety effects. Like, there's no issues with toxicity, kidney function, that kind of stuff. Uh, the issue that you know that Susie mentioned is your body starts to habituate to it, and then what happens when you remove it is then your sleep quality starts to suffer. So a lot of times melatonin should kind of be used as, as a bridge supplement um, and, and not relying on it super long term. You know, it's it's not quite as aggressive as things like Ambien um, or Lunesta or any of those prescription sleep aids, um, but it also does have direct effects on, you know, your, your sleep cycle. And so if you can use it like for jet lag for a day or two um, or things like that, but if you can not rely on it for normal everyday sleep. That's kind of the best way to think about it. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, Amber, what else? We've got just a couple more. So Ed, if you can help me out with this one, what percent of daily protein intake is it okay to get from protein shakes? So I definitely wouldn't take more than two protein shakes a day. If you're getting more than two protein shakes in a day for, for your protein, that's probably not uh, the best thing to do. Um, it's just very processed and, you know, that's probably 50 grams right there of protein, if not more. So I definitely wouldn't do more than protein, uh, two scoops of protein powder in a day. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'd be beneficial to go any more than that, really. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, vitamins and minerals you get from eating uh, red meat or, you know, any meat in general, or even you know, if you're a vegetarian, other plant-based sources, that if you're relying solely on protein powder, you're just not getting. Right. Yeah, there's no fiber, although there isn't any fiber in animal products, but it's definitely very processed. So if you could get in more micronutrients somehow or any other thing that comes through real food is definitely better to do it that way. We don't want to get all of our micronutrients in by taking supplements. Right. Um, Amber, I don't know if you saw this one, it was earlier. I, there's a question from Irene about what about pre-workouts containing dihydrocapsiates like progenics burn? Brad, do you know about that? Um, I, I have no idea. I've never even heard of dihydrocapsiates. I'll have to look into that and get back to you guys. I'll uh, I'll look into it and put a post in the community group and uh, let you guys know what I think. Cool. Thanks. All right, Amber, where are we? I'm down at the end. So Melissa is asking about some sleep problems. So Melissa, I would direct you to listen to our last building blocks for some sleep tips and things that we talked about that I think it really help you with getting some good sleep and um, helping with your energy. So Susie, that wraps up our questions. Can I give away a prize? We can. I think there was, um, I was just looking through to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I we've think got, there's Go one on, uh, Beta hydroxybutyrate, I can answer pretty quickly. Yeah, um, yeah Michael basically asked uh, things like GNC effect or muscle tech clear muscle, which are beta hydroxymethylbutyrate. So, um, BHMB is a metabolite of leucine. So, when your muscles break down or any tissue breaks down leucine, you've got two end products, and one of them is beta hydroxymethylbutyrate. And it was originally found to have some sort of anabolic signal where it kind of tells your muscles to, or it's basically anti-catabolic. So it kind of tells your muscles to stop breaking down uh, muscle tissue. The research that's out there is extremely tainted. Um, so several of the papers that have been published on it have substantial methodologic issues um, that kind of render them, their conclusions are invalid. You just the ones that show benefit are so poorly done um, and have a lot of 
let's just say poor ethical conduct um, in the research. And so you can't really draw strong conclusions. The ones that have uh, been done really well show you know, either no effect um, or a very modest muscle sparing effect. So I would say, you know, it's one of those things where once you've kind of dialed everything else in, um, and if you have extra money to spend, you know, maybe throw it in, but it's it's not going to really change the progression of your training. Perfect. Okay, Amber, it's all you. All right, so with all that's been typed in here and put in here, two stand out that are pretty stinking awesome. So I want to give a big shout out. Let me find it. To, let me find it, let me find it. Hang on, I know you guys are sitting on the edge of your seats. I know, there you go. Um, we're gonna go, yes, there's one. Tim Nations, I'm gonna give you a high five. You're gonna win a Yeti cup. So check this out. I don't know if you have one. I've got one. I'm used right here next to me with some water, just like I told you I'm working on with Susie. Some yet. Get a Yeti cup for Tim. Said, due to thanks to my recent fat loss phase, I'm working way more whole foods in into my diet. So love that you're filling your diet with whole foods, making good choices instead of just finding something random to throw in there to meet your macros. So love that you're putting effort into that. And I've got one more, which is, drum roll goes to Jamie Barlow. Jamie was totally over cooking some chicken and relying too much on protein shakes. So instead found a new recipe and um, is incorporating more protein into uh, the diet instead of relying on supplements. So I love that you're not relying on supplements, even though we that's what this whole you know webinar is about. But instead, using whole food to meet your macros. High five, good job, and you get a cup too. Good, right. Susie. Back to you. And Brad, sorry, Brad, you don't get a cup, but. Maybe next time. There's a limit of two. You're out. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. I um, appreciate your joining. We will post a recording uh, if you want to share it. And again, we hope to see you on the next one. I saw Tim. Tim, you've been around quite some time, so I'm happy that you won. I saw you had an idea for a future topic. Um, be happy if you would um, post those in the group or if you want to post that in your journal uh, in the app, we would be happy to take recommendations on what you guys want us to cover. So I hope you all have a really great weekend and we will see you next time. All right, everybody, take care. Bye, guys. Bye.